Welcome to Theme Team. I'm Adam. I'm Preet. I'm Jeb. It's our belief that movies that resonate with us are the ones that are trying to say something. They make some sort of statement about a better way to live. Some people call this a theme, others a moral. We call it an armature. The best movies, in our opinions, are the ones that say something specific and say it well. So join us as we analyze and take apart some classic movies and see what they are trying to say. Hi everybody, thanks for joining us again. This week's movie is Castaway, mm-hmm. starring Tom Hanks. Um, very cool, very fun movie. Uh, maybe that's not the best way to describe it, yeah. but very cool movie. <laughs> uh, what would you guys think? It's really good. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, it it's good. It's it's a long one and not in length, but like there's there's a lot going on. You feel the time that he's there. Mm. Yeah, it, it's dense. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's a dense film. Yeah, but considering what happens to him, um, I think it kind of has to be. Mm-hmm. To, to feel to to be honest about what they were exploring, yeah, it is interesting because they draw out some parts that I guess I wouldn't necessarily think that they would. But so, for instance, you know, I was finishing up the movie as we were getting started here, and I was like, I had to skip a few parts, and I was just poking through because I got all the way to the part where he builds the raft and he overcomes the big wave, and I was. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe he was on the ocean for like two or three more minutes, but when I was just scrubbing, he's he's sailing on the ocean for like I think it's almost eight to ten minutes before you know he he loses Wilson and then he's just kind of kaput and sun dried out before he runs into the boat. So it's like of the like two hours and twenty minutes, ten minutes of that is him on the ocean, which is incredible. But I think all of that's there to really feel, I guess, to feel the time. I guess, which is interesting, if that's literally what they're doing, because then that's taking the the armature of the film and making, trying to make you feel it in a real way, like in a physical way. Well, also, I think it's to, yes, I think that is, I think time is very deeply ingrained in what the armature is about. Um but I think that's I think that is exactly what they're trying to do is make you feel that and make you feel what he's committing himself to do. Mm-hmm. And also probably to make you realize like he like there's no guarantee he's gonna make it right. when he does this and he knows that. Yeah. Like, but he's just making the decision that I'm not gonna stay here anymore. I guess it was just interesting to me because, like, a lot of that isn't necessarily thematically driven, if that makes sense. Like, so we haven't talked about the armature yet, but Mm -hmm. I think the armature, as far as I understand it, is, like, use the time you have where you want it or, like, what you find most valuable. So Mm -hmm. with the people you find most valuable or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty much what I wrote down, which is uh, 
uh, prioritize what is most important in your life uh, because you never know how much time you have left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you want to add on to it. Yeah, I actually um, paraphrased what he says because um, he says it at the beginning that we live and we die by time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, I kind of felt like what they were saying was we live and we die by time, so don't waste it. Mm-hmm. Because he's very much aware of time. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in you know, the first act of it, he's very much aware of time, but only in terms of like professionally in his work right um and that's how the whole thing starts off it's all about time yeah and the time he has with say um oh what's her name kelly Uh, kelly Kelly? yes yes the time he has with kelly you know they show him you know sleeping because he's so exhausted and Mm -hmm. he has to manage his time with the family yeah, he even has to leave before they're done. Right. right. Like their time together mm. with the family mm. is interrupted. Mm. He's basically he basically a, a proposed out, outside the car window as he was going, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, going heading off to work. Yeah, he didn't make he didn't make time for that. <laughs> and she gives him pocket watch. Right. Right. So. With like that being the armature, um, it's interesting because then it's like that point is made kind of right when, like, you don't need to spend as much time on the island to make that point necessarily. Like, you could go there, and then you could have a screen that says four years later, and then he could get off, and you'd still make that point. But I'm guessing a lot of the, like, spending the excruciating moment-to-moment with him trying to figure out what to do is, it's about that. So time has stopped. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's, hmm. yeah. It's, um, yeah, so that's, so there's two halves of when he's on, there's, like, the two halves mm-hmm. of the... The two sides of the second act right. are on the island, right? So, um, the first half, um, actually wrote this down, so, lands on the island, wakes up, uh, the whole time on the island, he's, he looks at his watch, uh, though it's broken, so time has stopped physically on the watch as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is, so there is no time on the island. And to the outside world, he is dead, right? So he's in that the land of the dead idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first part of the second act is him getting to grips with his new reality of being on the island. And he's... Um, he's l- learning to survive, but he doesn't know yet that he's going to have to survive. If that makes sense, like he doesn't know, he thinks he's gonna. He still thinks he's gonna get it, gonna get rescued. Right. Yeah. Um, I think by the very end of like sort of like before the fulcrum of the of the second act is kind of right when he's starting to just deal with living on the island. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's you know exactly what the four years later is is. Is no longer a I'm gonna 
you know, I've just got to last long enough to get rescued. He's just surviving now. And he, and he also had to deal with uh, a, his tooth problem, yeah. which is mm-hmm. just another thing that he's put off in his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that's actually the midpoint climax when he knocks his tooth out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's the exact point of where it uh, reverses and we go down through the uh, sort of like second half. That's the fulcrum point of the second act. Because mm-hmm. I think right after that, he gets knocked out and then we see the watch or something and then it's four years later. No, right? no. Isn't it? No, he knocks himself out and then... That's when his uh, flashlight dies, which I was watching some video. I wish I could remember exactly what it said, but it was talking about how like that was the last bit of like the old world technology because then they mirror that shot later oh, with that's the right. sun. I the flashlight, yeah. But he wakes up, and then that's when he opens up the boxes. That's when he that's right. Yep, yeah, yeah. He builds the net. He has the ice skates, which are a huge tool for him. But he uses the alligators to get his knock his tooth out, though. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, may- hmm. Okay, never mind. Never mind. I'm remembering this wrong then. Yeah, I think that's the last thing he does is knock the tooth out. Yeah, it gets worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. But he's he's starting to survive, and then like he knocks the tooth out, gets knocked out. Um. At that point, the flashlight's already dead. That yeah. happened like a little bit before that, because that's after he finds the body of the guy mm-hmm. um, who he got the flashlight from. Yeah, that's yes, right. That, yeah, the flashlight. He dies after he drinks that that puddle. That's still mm-hmm. that is the moment when he opens up the boxes. But yeah, that yeah, it's not when he breaks his tooth. Uh, and going back to the stir of the movie, I I do like that his his, his job seems to basically be uh, uh, telling other people how how to best manage their time. Yes, which mm-hmm. is that's it's pretty hilarious. Good. <laughs> that is pretty good. Yeah, I was um, you had mentioned this pre that we should talk more about um, like acts and help them or use them to help us figure out like the armature and mm-hmm. whereas the inciting incident is a little more clear in this I do like using that tool of like there's a man who doesn't spend his time where he wants um, then he goes on a you know then he gets stranded on an island is is he going to learn that he should spend his time more wisely or that he should just you know continue spending time for his job aka the movie like i really like using that kind of distillation of something to really like oh yeah that is what the story's about mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i uh if it helps i do i do have a a few timestamps of Of uh, something at least close, at least that uh, close to the axe. Okay. Uh, it it's around the 
it's the 20 minute mark where he, uh, he leaves to go on the plane and and then uh, the, so whole plane crash that's roughly 10 minutes and you know but you know but at 30 minute mark he's he is on the island now mm-hmm. uh, and, which is he's on the island uh, uh, from from there until an hour and fifth uh, hour and fifteen minutes when he uh, uh for an hour and fifteen minutes uh, uh before he's rescued by the ship. Hmm. Okay, so that includes the time on his on his boat, right? When he's on his yeah, raft, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's. Because, yeah, that's where I kind of noted down, like, that's where I believe Act 3 starts is essentially the celebration of him coming back. At, um, or mm. it's where, it's where either when the, essentially when the boat appear when the ship appears, or, you know, hard cut to the uh, FedEx airport hangar thing. Where he kind of, like, walks yeah. in the door and is kind of, like, immediately back yeah. to the real world. Yeah, the last part of the movie is actually a, 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 a they spend a lot more time on that than I uh, remember. Yeah, mm. it's, it's yeah, pretty, that, uh, was, pretty yeah. thick uh, act three. Yeah, it was 20, 29 minutes yeah. total. Which I think uh, it then also needs mm-hmm. oh, because yeah. now it's yeah. him going uh, to you know, he's now not, he's now making the most of his time for the things that matter. Right. Like, um, like his friend explains to him, um, that Kelly moved on and that they buried him. And there was a nice, there was a nice little touch that they don't really touch on, but like he says, you know, uh, like buried him. Uh, Chuck apologizes to stand for not being there uh, mm-hmm. for him when his wife died. Stan is the guy who, like, the beginning of the movie talks about his wife getting cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, she passes away while he's gone. And there was, that was actually going back to, like, that when, when uh, I think he, may, he actually even says the line, is like, oh, just kind of wait and see what happens. When he's talking about like interesting, right? Dealing with the the cancer, um, and then so then that's the guy that he's who's kind of breaking the news to him when he comes back, like about you know, Kelly moving on, and then the first thing that Chuck does is apologize to him for not being there, which I thought was like a really interesting touch. Mm-hmm. Um. It is interesting also because he never like that whole scene in the first act is like he feels bad and then his immediate like he doesn't want to sit there and like I guess have an intimate conversation with him so it's like his intimate conversation is that whole like that awkward like I know this doctor he helped this guy anyways I should connect you with that doctor and it's just like this kind of this conversation on top of a conversation. 
Right. They're doing the they're doing the kind of stereotypical guy thing and they're not talking about the emotional Right. Exactly. Thing, but it's actually to yeah, it's actually to do that, so he's kinda like wasting time trying to get to the point. Whereas yeah, when he comes back it's just immediately mm. Um And then yeah, so when they they kind of go on from that, there's the this isn't really this is more of like kind of plot story beat, but I noticed like so so he likes Elvis. Mm-hmm. All the songs are playing all the, like at different points where music is playing. That's that's like say music on a car radio or whatever is all Elvis music. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Stan says, "Oh, you know." He's like, so, because he tells him that they buried him, and he's like, what the hell was in the coffin? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, it was just all stuff we remembered you by. It's like, what'd you put in there? Oh, I put in a bunch of Elvis CDs. And right. I was like, it's just the slightest sort of, like, it's, it's almost an Easter egg. It's so well hidden. I was just like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so the touch, the, the touch point at the end was like, so... They, I think they go on and have the, like, so the Kelly's uh, now husband comes in and says, like, oh, can you just give her some more time? Right. And then leaves. And then they have kind of like that kind of that welcome home party thing for him. Mm-hmm. And they showed, sort of just show the end of that. And, uh, and... And then as they're leaving, it's uh, Stan that says, tomorrow we're going to bring you back to life. Tomorrow. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not right now. But then he doesn't wait. Like, yeah, they leave. He That's interesting. sits around for a little bit. To, okay, he waits a little while. So, like they cut to like him trying to sleep and he can't. And he's sleeping on the floor because he can't sleep in a bed anymore. Mm-hmm. Um but then he's just like, he can't sleep because he can't stop thinking about Kelly. So he's just like, nope, not going to waste any time. And just goes there. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like, he doesn't wait until tomorrow. He doesn't wait until, you know, until they do the paperwork. He's not waiting for that. He leaves that night immediately to go um, to talk to her. Right. And uh, I, I thought that was really, like, that was really, like, he's, like, doesn't matter what the outcome is, even at this point. He's got to do this now. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's wasted enough time. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. That, like, we'll, you know, give her more time. And then he's like, no. <laughs> yep. Nope. <laughs> no. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, here we go. He gives it a little bit. He thinks about it. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. not getting four it. more years yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, i thought that was uh that was a very very good sort of touch that was um that felt very much in in uh sort of in theme yeah like having a decision like that um And then going on, like, there they go, he, he goes, they talk, they talk about, like, what's happened to her since then. Um, I thought a really nice touch was the fact that they, like, she didn't move on. 
other people made her move on. Like, I don't think that's necessarily oh. a thematic thing. I just thought it was a nice story beat of mm-hmm. saying, like, she... Um, so it wasn't like his time... It, I think it was just kind of a thing of, like, it just... I think it was just a touch to make it feel like his, his time thinking and feeling for her on the island wasn't totally wasted. It was reciprocated by her. Right. And it was, like, essentially... Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, because it probably wasn't that healthy for her to keep kind of pining and hoping and stuff like that, because it's been a really long time. But, you know, she was made to move on by others kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a weighty film, for sure. I think it makes it, its point pretty loudly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, because I thought the and then they actually make the the points of. So then they have their like she gives him the car right, and then they mm-hmm. she goes he he leaves. And then comes back, and then they have their embrace and kiss. Just to have kind of like closure. Mm-hmm. But then it's like you know you're, okay yes you moved on. It is now over. This is you know. This isn't anyone's fault. Yeah. Like what happened isn't on anyone. Except maybe I would think uh, Chuck probably thinks you know. You know. I didn't have to get on that plane. He uh, yeah because he, he even says, says it. That, I should yeah. never have gotten on that plane. Yeah. So he does actually accept blame for it in that sense. He's like, I should never have gotten on that plane. He even says I shouldn't have got on. I shouldn't have even gotten out of the car. Right. There you go. That's it. Yeah. Um, because though, an interesting touch when he does get out of it, he gives her the ring. He doesn't actually ask her to marry him. Yeah. Yeah. He says, like, don't like, hold on to it. You don't even have to open it till New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was the date he was promising to be back. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I thought the the last sort of nice touches because he then, you know, he takes the car, he goes on this road trip or whatever kind of self discovery thing to take the one package he kept back, which, uh, nice tie in. That was the package at the very start, mm-hmm. or not the package, but that was the place that the package came from at the yeah, very from start. the same artist. Yeah. Um. Right. Um. And then, I like that she wasn't there, so he wasn't going to wait and left. Hmm. But then she showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously disappointed, but he was just like, oh, well, she's not here. I'm not going to hang around. Um, a fun, silly side detail. This was because I, I, I watched it, and I made a bunch of notes, and then I like rewatched, or I, I watched the movie, and then I went back and kind of rewatched quickly and made a bunch of notes the same night because I was like there's a bunch of things I thought I felt like I'd noticed the first time but wasn't sure of okay but it was just like little details like the sign over the like I guess the driveway had two names at the start um but at the end it's just the one name of the of the lady I think it was Bettina or something which Um, driveway the the driveway of the farmhouse where the uh, oh. the artwork is made. Okay. 
Interesting. So it says two names at the start of the movie. It's like, oh, it's, yeah, I did write it down. So it's like, yeah. first package is from the barn with the wings and over the sign over it says, um, Dick and Bettina. Mm-hmm. Like, so two, the two names of, I guess, the two people that live there. And Elvis music is playing. And then, uh, the, uh, the package goes to, um, goes to uh, a guy in Russia wearing a cowboy hat with an American accent. Hmm. Uh, so, And he says it's from my wife, so I think that was Dick. Oh. <laughs> oh. Because <Whoa. laughs> he's clearly having an affair, right? I was... So then... I heard him say my wife, but I was trying to piece that together, and I was like, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to know that. Because there no, was also like, was... a Russian in and out of it, too. Yeah, I think it was like a throwaway thing. I don't think it necessarily matters, but it like came to me the second time just because like the package goes there specifically and then he says it's from my wife and then the like when we see it at the end of the movie like cuz she's like a metalwork artist and it's like a metalwork frame with their names on it and clearly Dick has just been kind of like, you know, she took a welding torch and just ripped that off. Mm-hmm. So it just says like patina on the other side wow. now. <laughs> That's funny. It's a good catch. Uh, I I I do like that they like uh like uh uh, uh pretty well I, implied w- uh, the kind of thing that was that was in the package you know that yeah it was. I, I cl- clearly this um a metalwork you know type art and stuff mm-hmm. you know because yeah uh you know so uh a lot uh a lot of people always always, always made that joke of it like like now it turns out that it was a satellite radio you know, <laughs> you know and the you know the package you yeah, know stuff like that them. you know mm-hmm. flare gun <laughs> Well, it's kind of funny. Like, it probably would have been kind of useful because it clearly probably would have been, like, a, you know, some piece of metal, probably, if it was something she was sending, right? Mm hmm. Um. And, uh. And, uh. But he won't open it because of the, you know, the symbol on the package. It's mm-hmm. like a, something of a good luck charm, I guess. But, yeah, and that's why he sees. That's why he follows the van back at the end because it's got that it's got the same image on there right hmm. although he doesn't we don't know if he follows it he just looks towards it and smiles right that's true <laughs> but i think yeah. i think that yeah. I, I felt that was the implication I but yeah so it, they purposefully don't mm-hmm. because uh yeah it, at that point, it doesn't matter. He's not going to waste any time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what he's learned. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, we. The main thing we is we know he's going to be he's going to be all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not going to waste any time. I was like, well, I mean, she was cute, but you know what? She wasn't home when I went there, so not going to waste any time. Keep mm-hmm. on driving west. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, I I thought overall it was it was really well put together, and I I think it was, but yeah, I think that weight is put there specifically because like it's 
it was crushing for him, so we've got to feel how crushing it was as well. Right. And even, I was thinking, because at the end there, there's this, like, crazy amount of dissonance that you feel, like, with everybody, I don't know, just kind of trying to bring him back to normal life, but, you know, they have no idea what he's been through. Oh, yeah. Right. It's like, you don't feel that unless you've been through all of it with him, or at least most of it. Yeah, so it feels as foreign to us as it does to him when he comes back. Mm Mm-hmm. He has that whole table. He was like, you know, all those uh, crab legs and you know, his lighter. He was like, oh, it's that. <laughs> that lighter <Yeah>. bit. <laughs> it was one of my favorite parts because you feel it. He just clicks it on. Yeah. Just his face staring at you. He's like, uh. <laughs> They do it a couple times, too. Like that same gag. Like mm-hmm. when he goes to see Kelly, when she gives him the keys, they're his keys that he gave her, mm-hmm. and he had a knife on there. Yeah, is that <laughs> and he's just like, he, I think he even opens it, or he at least rubs it with his thumb or something, and he's just like, that I could have kept my fucking keys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I had just, just kept them in my pocket, but I gave them to her. I have ice in my glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would- that would be so disorienting. Yeah, and and even just like the interactions with with Hannah, yeah, like like hey, you know, you know, how's it going? I oh, should you know catch up on fishing and stuff, and right. just like just like it's just like like such normal conversation after having like just none of that is like what that was yeah I. I yeah, I definitely felt like the the weirdness, you know, that character probably was experiencing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, imagine, I said, oh yeah, we definitely need to catch up on those fishing trips. And it's like, why would I ever want to do that again? It's like, I had to do it for four years to live. It's not a, it's not a chill pastime for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's this weird... Feel, like, I felt probably a smaller version of that. Because it's just, like, you don't understand what I've seen, kind of, like, feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, um, for instance, the, the not sleeping in the bed thing. Like, that's pretty real. I remember mm-hmm. in high school, I went on a mission trip. And it's like, you know, you're sleeping on the floor in some church for, like, a week or two. And you're helping people who, like, don't have your the, the basics of, you know, food, shelter, so on, so on and so forth. And mm-hmm. you have this really, like, I don't know, this really densely purposeful moment um, along with, like, all these other close friends of yours. And then you go back, and it's like you have a toilet, and you have your bed. And it's just like you for the week that you're back, you do look at those things differently because you're like, why do I have this? Right. And it's just this foreign feeling. And a lot of my friends after that mission trip actually did sleep on the floor for the week after. Because I'm sure it was that same feeling. It was just like this. How can how can I reconcile this amount of comfort when I know this, you know, this other thing exists? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... Um combat troops talking about stuff like that a lot mm. where there's like well yeah i was in the field so slept on the ground and had a rock for a pillow 
a regular bed doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah. Because it's just too soft. Even, like just even the floor is even the floor is it was probably carpeted. <laughs> even that's like, oh, that's too much. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's flat it. and level. <laughs> yeah, still probably felt quite a bit better than those rocks. Yeah, yeah. It, all that to say is that they did a really good job making you feel that because for the the armature of time to pay off it's like you have to feel that dissonance at the end of like what he's lost right i think that's yeah because it's like that's why they have they're able to have that time jump as well because they have the they end like the end of that um sort of i guess the first half of act two is showing him now learning survival skills he learns how to make fire he learns um you know to start like trying to use the resources he has available to him um and then he goes from because it's but it's all like it's still all uh more or less rescue based stuff right um like the flashlight he used the flashlight to try and wave down the light he sees from the boat in the distance and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like the sign, uh, the help sign that he put makes on the beach and everything. Um, but then, like once he starts learning the survival skills, and then we jump the four years later, and he's now this kind of like fine-tuned survival machine. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and everything before the time jump on the island, like it hurt. Yeah, like, everything it was doing. You know, I was you know, just like wading through the water. You know, I was feet were stiff on stiff on barnacles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. himself trying to get, get the fire fire start or or try or. Uh, uh, I'm trying to get get past the uh, uh, the waves the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when his leg got cut in that it, scene, that hurts. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just everything was a struggle. Mm-hmm. Right, That's right. <laughs> and right. they made us feel it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That's why, like, when you get to. The, when you like post time jump, and he's just like, you know, he's expert fisherman, like doesn't actually cook the fish anymore; just eats it raw because he can. <laughs> he's gotten used to it. Um, mm-hmm. But then also, like, then the way they sort of discuss, like the way he discusses things, like Wilson is a extremely brilliant tool for for that for him to be able to talk to us yeah and give and give sort of like his his thoughts uh and when he gets to that point of um like 
So yeah, we we have a few minutes of basically no dialogue. Well, yeah, it happens quite a while, but like there's when when we have the time jump, it's just this is what he is now, um, and then the I think he has an argument with Wilson at some point, but he talks to Wilson a bunch. But I think I if I remember correctly, I don't think he starts talking until like after the cell shows up. Uh, he talks a little bit before okay. that. A little bit, but yeah, he he talks a lot after the sale. Because after yeah. the sale is when they show the whole, you know, like, oh, you know, you get the 30 feet, but I said I'd never climb up there again. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a brilliant way of also, like, looking at that. Like, he got he got low and did that. And it was so deliberate. He was so he he decided that he was done with this. And the only way he could figure to kill himself was hanging himself. So he learned how to make rope. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he learned how to make rope for other reasons, but they don't discuss that. Right. He just learned how to make rope, and then he decided to hang himself. So that's what it's implied. Like it was completely intentional. Mm-hmm. and I think that's why and then that's why when the sale arrives he'd exhausted any ideas of what else to do more or less I think is kind of how they're trying to show that at that point like it was either he the only way he wanted to take himself out was hang himself that was essentially taken away from him because he tested it out and it wouldn't work right um so he's kind of he's just stuck surviving because he just doesn't he doesn't want to starve to death mm-hmm. and and then when the sale shows up he is able to then like build the raft and go but i don't think he's under any delusions that he's definitely gonna make it away he's just like well I'd rather do this than, you know, die here of old age. Mm-hmm. So, screw it. What's the point in dying here alone? It's not like I could even accumulate knowledge at this point. It's just surviving. When he does describe the... Uh, the uh, plastic sails... Uh, uh, showing up, you know, towards the end, end of the movie, you know, like where, like, yeah, basically, yeah, he had, he kind of lo- lo- lost all hope, you know, and mm-hmm. then like, on um, these, you know, and that was it was grand these these sales, you know, and and I think what, well, so he, uh, he, I painted the uh, wings from the box, you know, mm-hmm. onto there, and like what the box was, you know. Why didn't open it? This like symbolized hope, I guess. Right. Yeah. Does he even? I might be remembering this wrong, but isn't there a line somewhere in the third act where he's says something to the tune of like, "You never know when a sail's gonna wash up on shore." Some something like that. Yeah. Kind of that idea of. Yeah. The future is wide open and hopeful, and I'm going to take advantage of it. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. So this one wasn't super hard. It was fairly clear. I, th I think it also helped that, you know, we've all seen <laughs> the You Are a Storyteller podcast and they talk about this film. Yes. Yeah. But it's... I'll say enough, if anyone's interested in trying to figure this stuff out, that podcast is a a vein of gold mm. in these sorts of ideas. It is. We'll just have a link to it in every one of these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially, like, if you're trying to learn how to write and how to approach storytelling, those, those will clear some things up, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of gives you... It gives you the right framing of how to look at stories. So you can deconstruct them and understand how they work. And for me, it, it was like they all like it does it in a way where it doesn't make it um, mechanical. It's not. Uh, it's it's not like a. It's it's deconstructing stories in a way to extract the meaning out of them, so you can actually pull more out of a story than just. Especially like if it's a story that you like, you can pull the meaning out of it. And really understand what it is about the story that uh, compels you to want to consume it. Yeah. It's very good. You should check it out. Yeah. Stop listening to this. <laughs> Please come back and listen to this after. <laughs> but yeah. If, uh, if you guys don't have anything else to say, I'm, I'm pretty much exhausted on everything I had to say about uh, Castaway. Uh, let me see if there's anything else I'd written down. Mm -hmm. Oh, the one, the one other point I did have was um, the one thing he's so once he we're back into uh, once once we're into the second half of the second act, that point of light that they show coming through the cave wall in mm -hmm. the first act. He's since used to create a calendar. Right. And on the kind of cave floor and cave wall. So he has a measurement of time. Mm. Um, which really doesn't matter at that point. But it matters once the sale shows up. Because now all of a sudden time is of the essence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've been... You know, he talks about it with how much time they have rope, and then he makes the the callback joke to Wilson about, you know, like, gotta live by the clock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, uh... Yeah, they do what they were doing with this movie. I thought it was... I guess that's a good beat, too, because that's showing... That's showing his change, because he, he repeats that same line again, and then there's the beat. And then mm -hmm. he just busts out laughing, like, <laughs> like mm -hmm. time matters anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's very, it's very telling. Yeah, yeah. that it's like it's like the stuff that I thought was important back then. <laughs> <laughs> the hell did I know? Yeah, uh, we live and we die by time, don't we? Let's not commit the sin <laughs> of oh, yeah. turning our back on time. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
was, 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 was definitely very clear. You got it. How that takeaway? Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, that was. It was very good. Yeah. I hope everyone who's listening has seen it before we talked about it and spoiled the whole movie for you. Yeah. It's an older movie, so don't really have much of an excuse. But <laughs> if not, go see it anyway, because then you'll see what we're talking about. Um, I but, guess the, the one last thing we should talk about is uh, what the next movie will be. If, uh, unless we're, unless anyone's got any other final points on Castaway? The only last final point I have is a plot thing that uh, Kaylee pointed out at the very beginning when they're, uh, he falls asleep at Kelly's house and they're watching like, TV together. The pan down to the TV, they show um, a bunch of sailing awards that Chuck won. Yes. Yeah. I forgot about those. Oh. Yeah. So that, uh, yeah, that helps set up yeah, it, his sailing it, skills later. That's the stuff I, yeah, it's stuff like that. I I thought they did really well in this movie. It was just like, it's little bits of setup here and there. Mm-hmm. Without yeah. like being too on the nose about it. Right, it wasn't stopping like the film, the having a spotlight on it. Like, did you catch that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I even put two and two together. Yeah, until you pointed it out, but I I still bought, you know, you know, uh, him be able, be able to do what he did. Mm-hmm. But it, hmm. yeah, but 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 that's cool though. Uh, yeah, you know, I I could see someone be like, "Oh, well, like, how do you know how to do this or whatever?" You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, we have sailing awards. Yeah. <laughs> Just point to it. Sailing awards. Yeah. Hi, thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please feel free to leave us a comment and let us know what you thought. You can reach us via the Theme Team Facebook page or on Twitter at Theme Team Pod. Next time we'll be discussing the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hope you can join us then. Take care.